know a lot about golf. It's time for those weekend golf guys. Well, we're waiting. On SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Here's John Ashton and Jeff Smith. Back again. Seems like it's been forever, but only two weeks have passed since last we spoke live and direct. We are those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton back in studio. He is Jeff Smith back in the golf cave. Vacation's over for a while. Sad to say. That's right. I probably should have said that, said that with not quite as jovial a tone as I did, but uh, (laughs) I don't know. Vacation's over, which means life becomes normalized again. Yeah. Get back to work. You need a vacation for your vacation because I know some people tell me that. Yeah. When when you have a number of people who uh, go with you on vacation, and you uh, you haven't got a deal with wheels up or anybody, so you have to actually drive if you're not going to have everybody buy very expensive plane tickets. Ending a vacation, no matter how wonderful a vacation is, ending it with a 1,034-mile drive, 15 hours and 34 minutes of driving time, it kind of puts the quash on the enjoyment level. Why did you not tell us how many seconds? Because 15 hours and 34 minutes is almost required to say 29 seconds. Well, they round up. Because <laughs> I'm just saying, if you're counting that much, it was a pretty miserable drive. I'm just I'm just reading from my uh, little app oh, on the I, phone. So you mean it really wasn't burned indelibly into your mind? No, it was just a thing on the phone when, when I said it. Every I mean, grueling inch of the drive. <laughs> you have any idea just how? <laughs> intimidating <laughs> it is to put in your 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 uh, the, you the know, destination your destination and have it come up with 1034 miles estimated driving time 15 hours and 34 minutes <laughs> you go oh crap <laughs> uh, well as a matter of fact i had that earlier this spring <laughs> oh, okay and i'm about to have and i'm about to have that again in the reverse direction next week where we drove from South Central Indiana mm-hmm. to Denver, Colorado. Oh, that's right. Oh, what a miserable, miserable journey. Buy a plane ticket. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Do not decide that it's a good idea to drive across the Midwest on that flat interstate going through mm-hmm. Indiana, Illinois, Missouri, and of course, uh, Kansas. We are going to uh, talk about some of the wonderful things I have heard you have been doing with your students for the past week. You could yeah. be making some inroads, got some techniques that we all could benefit from. Now that we're back home and we're going to be playing golf again. We are those weekend golf guys hanging with us because we'll be right back. Anyone who thinks the holidays are the most stress you can ever have has never been on the first tee playing in a group of people he doesn't know with rented clubs. That, my friend, is stress. I've had it, but I overcame it with Ned's CBD. This de-stress formula has been under development for over a year now. And it's great. It's made from the world's purest full-spectrum hemp, features a botanical infusion of ashwagandha and cinnamon and cardamom. Now, ashwagandha helps build your body's resilience to stress. Cardamom and cinnamon make it taste good, plus combat stress by helping reduce your blood pressure and cortisol levels. Ned CBD products have over 2,000 five-star reviews. And now for the holidays, those Weekend Golf Guys listeners can get 20% off Ned products with the code GOLFGUYS. When you spend more than 150 bucks, Ned's throwing in some free gifts with every order. Visit helloned.com slash golfguys to get access. That's helloned.com slash golfguys. Get 20% off plus free gifts with orders over 150 bucks. 
It's us, those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith. I am a player of, using the term loosely, of golf. Uh, He is an instructor par excellence. Playing has improved substantially on my part just by listening to the man. So I'm sure that uh, your playing could improve just as well, just as rapidly and as incredibly as uh, mine has just listening to him. And driving into the wind, it's one of the things you don't, you don't pull on Superman's cape. You don't drive into the wind, right? I I remember that song. The the hard part is, is of course, if you drive in a small car, you do tend to get blown around a little bit. (laughs) High profile vehicles, please. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. But let's say you're driving a little old white golf ball or in a yellow one or those soccer ball-ish looking things. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're driving one of those. Just recently, a little as though 20 minutes ago, I was in a golf lesson on a windy day. And the whole conversation was about that. Here I am playing with this college player, and he's, he's a good player, but he's got this little problem. Every time he's playing a hole with a crosswind or his shot is into the wind, he can't get it out of his head that he thinks that the wind is going to hurt his shot so much that he has to swing harder. Now, here's a kid that's a pretty experienced player. And this is the one shot that he says has been vexing him for quite some time. Okay. So we went through a few things. When you swing harder, this is a question for you, John. Okay. It's a rhetorical question for everybody out in listener land because they can't really respond. Right. Okay. But, John. Yes. When you swing harder, what are the odds of you squaring the club face upon that golf swing? Oh, probably about zero to none. Yeah, because your swing works at a particular timing and tempo right right your best one you know the one that you actually do square the club face with mm-hmm. i know so when you swing harder mm-hmm. you're you're going to hit it the, the club face is not going to get square and it's going to be a, a glancing blow correct yes it's not going to be a direct blow to the back of the golf ball because the face isn't square right so the ball's going to spin In- indeed it is and the wind magnifies what the spin does because mm-hmm. it magnifies everything especially when you're going into it so just from the concept of that knowing that you are not going to square the face when you swing harder doesn't it make sense that you would put those two things together and go guess what i don't want more spin i don't want this the wind magnifying my the spin that i have i don't want my ball to go flying sideways anymore um i better swing at whatever pace gets me to square the club face because when i have a direct blow to the golf ball that is when I have the best contact. That's when I have the least amount of wind affecting my golf ball, as opposed to the most amount of wind affecting my golf ball, which it's spinning a lot, right? Yeah. So he kind of shaking his head going, oh my, you're making too much sense here. <laughs> so we went out to a hole that was into the wind and we threw down some balls and I said, all right, your sole purpose in life at this moment is to do nothing but square the club face. He did it six times. Guess what all the balls did, John? Went straight. Absolutely straight. Yep. They pierced the wind. Guess how much yardage that he lost compared to where he normally is? About five yards. That that would be a negligible amount. It was a two-club wind. Whoa. Okay. That's, that's like nothing. Yeah. A two-club wind all of a sudden became a non-factor. And he looked at me and went, okay, I can do that. And I'm like, yeah, I, I'm sure that you can do that. So everybody out there understands. There's only one pace that works for you, your own best pace, 
And when you start messing with that, because you think that you've got to hit it harder for whatever reason, like the wind is out there, it's going to affect your ball, or because you just want to get a hold of one. Now, all of a sudden, you've affected your ability to square the face. And then your ball goes sideways, especially if it's windy, because the wind magnifies, enhances the curvature. Boy, you sure don't want that. What what was it that negated the two-club wind, though? I mean, if you say it's a two-club wind, yet yeah. the guy only lost five yards, why? His ball stayed low. It didn't climb high. It pierced the wind, and it bounced forward, rolled forward. It didn't climb high, so the wind couldn't affect it, and it didn't drop down at a steep angle. Gotcha. So... He hit a bullet. Did he set up to hit the bullet on purpose? He hit his regular shot. His regular is his regular shot a bullet. See, this is I'm just a little, a little confused. His regular shot has a tendency to get a little bit too spinny and a little bit too much in the air. But it was very similar to his regular shot. Okay. But yet, in a two club wind, most people, what happens? They swing a little harder. There's a little bit too much lift. There's a little bit too much spin on the golf ball. It starts mm-hmm. to climb high. Yeah. Starts to get knocked down. Not this one. Okay. Because he just hit it dead square. Think that you're swinging a, put a, a hammer into your right hand and that you're hammering a nail right that's pointed straight through the back of the golf ball going straight through the front. Mm-hmm. So imagine a nail running through a golf ball like that and you're doing with a hammer in your hand and your sole purpose in life is to drive that nail straight through that golf ball not right. having it come off at some off angle you want it to be absolutely flush dead square Don't gotcha you? yeah uh, the only, yeah. again the only the only thing i'm having trouble getting my head wrapped around and it could be just because I haven't seen a golf course for three weeks, so I'm still a little, you know, maritime-ish instead of golfish here. Okay, um, did he move the position any um, no. of the ball? So, see, I just don't understand why the ball flight changed from his normal flight to the flight he had into the wind. Simply, it really didn't change much. Okay. It just did not get affected I got by you. a headwind. Okay, I got you. Never mind. But, yeah, it was okay. still a piercing drive like one that he would normally hit it just did not get affected by the wind because it didn't have any excessive spin that would cause extra lift being magnified by the wind Mm -hmm. or extra side curvature thus being magnified by the wind and we're talking about using a driver right absolutely okay normally when you're you're going into the wind uh you think you have to compensate somehow. So if you're not swinging harder, then you'd take a, you know, a lower club. You know, if you're right. seven iron, you'd go to a five or whatever, just so you could keep the same pace and tempo and think that you're doing the same thing. But with a driver, you can't, I mean, it doesn't get any lower loft than that, unless you want to use your putter. And those are risky to swing, really. The putters? John, yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could, they're a little smaller in the face, right? And, yeah. And, um, and the hosels are really fragile. Kind of delicate. Fragile. Yeah. They, they break easily. Trust me. Fragile. <laughs> fragile. Fragile. <laughs> the Italian brand, fragile. Uh, yeah. So that, I mean, so what you need to approach 
with a tee shot into the wind is basically confidence and self-control. A lot of that. Yeah. Now, out came the questions, of course, in the lesson. Mm -hmm. Should I tee the ball lower? Should I tee the ball higher? Mm-hmm. Because you hear all these things. Should I put the ball further back? Right. All right. So here's a couple of variables. Okay. Let's say that you're trying to normally swing up at a golf ball, thus trying to reduce the spin that's on it. Mm-hmm. Should you continue to try that or should you just try to rip it level and dead straight. Advice would be rip it level and dead straight, not trying to raise the, the club up into it. Mm-hmm. Because what if you do and you launch the ball a little bit higher into a headwind? Even if it has a little less spin, it launched a little higher. Right. spending Because more, you're swinging up on it. Right. Spending more it's time getting being, affected it, by the wind. That's right. Yeah. That's going to come up and bite you. <laughs> yep. Well, we'll right? we will discuss how to uh, go about that because, again, that more questions. Tee it lower, tee it farther back. Uh, if you change the position of the ball in your normal swing plane, what do you have to change to make sure that the driver is still driver club face is still square when it hits it, etc., etc. All kinds of questions, and you have confused all of us, and you've got about 40 minutes left this morning to make sure that you fix it. We'll be right back. If you're in sales, you know that people buy things from people they know, they like, and they trust. It can take forever to build that kind of a relationship unless you use golf. TheBusinessGolfCourse.com. Go there now and check it out. There's a number I want you to keep in your head right now. That number is 10,000. We'll come back to it in a minute. 10,000 is the brand name of the highest quality, best fitting, and most comfortable training shorts I personally have ever worn. I alternate back and forth between the cycle and the rowing machine. Let me tell you about these 7-inch interval shorts from 10,000. The shorts are silver ion for permanent odor protection. There's no bounce pockets. They're breathable and lightweight fabric. And there's an optional liner. This is the part I love. There's a liner that is very comfortable and it prevents chafing. You heard me. Prevents chafing. What's the number I told you to remember? 10,000. The fabric feels really luxurious and it's very high quality. I'm going to get you a deal. 10,000 is offering our listeners 15% off your purchase. Go to 10,000.cc, not .com, .cc. Enter code GOLFGUYS and you'll get 15% off your purchase. That's 10,000.cc and enter code GOLFGUYS. It is us back again, those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton in studio. He is Jeff Smith at the Golf Cave. Once again, we apologize for any confusion you may have felt as we left you in the lurch, hanging as it were, uh, when the last segment ended. Uh, so there you go. The questions you brought up when you're driving into the wind, you know, you don't want to hit up on it as much. Um, so therefore you need to change what the ball position or the swing plane, or what do you suggest changing most easily for the amateur? Well, a lot of times I like to see, because we're trying to reduce the the spin. We're also trying to not launch it too high. Mm -hmm. We'd like to launch this thing at a medium height that pierces the wind. So we're going to think that we're going to swing through it level to the surface, okay. not going down and not going up. 
right? Right. As we approach the golf ball. So I'm going to tee this ball. So the equator of the ball is about the top line of the club head, no higher. Okay. That allows the club to be off the ground and yet swinging level to it, parallel to it, so to speak. Okay. So that way I can still strike it in the center of the club face, moving it forward into the golf ball. Now, as far as ball position goes, look at your individual golf swing and find out just by swinging it back and forth very slowly with your arms extended, because that's the way it's going to be coming through impact, about where it's the most level to the ground. Chances are really good that it's going to be somewhere forward of center, but not yet all the way over to the armpit. So let's think about it being like mid front collarbone, not middle of the stance where the sternum is, but about halfway into that collarbone. So let's say you're a right-handed golfer. So it'd be mid collarbone or about where the logo on your shirt is or about at the hip socket. Mm -hmm. That's about where your swing is going to be the most level to the surface. Okay. What a great place to put the back of the golf ball. Wouldn't you think? Indeed. You would think. Yes, indeed. So there's no one set position because all of us are slightly different in what we do and how we do it. Mm -hmm. So go to your individual swings and look at where that thing starts to become level to the surface. Put the back of the golf ball there. Then you're going to have less spin. Okay. Let's just say, John, that that comes through at zero degrees to the horizon, perfectly level, not going up by five degrees or down by five degrees mm -hmm. right at the point of impact. Let's say you're swinging a nine and a half degree driver and it's swinging through level. You're delivering nine and a half degrees, aren't you? Mm -hmm. But you're not delivering nine and a half degrees moving down, which would create more spin on the golf ball. It'd be friction, right? right. Taking that nine and a half degrees and moving it down would give you more spin. We're not trying to do that. And we're not trying to, have it level and move the club up into it to launch it high, especially if we hit it on the bottom of the club. If, we, you know, if we've got a certain tee height, then we move the club upward into it. Now we're probably going to hit it thin. We wouldn't want to hit it thin either. Those don't go very far. No, they don't. Okay. So we're looking for as level as possible. So find the level spot in the bottom of your own swing arc. Put the back of the golf ball there and get the about the tee height that gets the equator of the golf ball equal in line to the top line of the club head and you'll have the most direct blow into the back of the golf ball if you square the club face and move it through level you'll have the best outcome into the wind because it will have a mid launch mm -hmm. not a high launch and not a low launch a mid launch with the least amount of spin with a square club face and you'll get as much roll as the ground will let you have yep. all right good to know and I sometimes have a problem. I don't know if it's just me. Probably is. Um, but I have a very small Goldilocks zone on my driver. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very small. And when I start changing. I think that's relatively common. Is Okay. When I start changing the ball position, uh, like yeah. a little bit too far forward and I find the ball pulls left. Yeah. A little bit too far back and the ball pulls right. Yeah. And when I start changing the ball position for things like this, I totally lose confidence on where the ball's going to go. You know, what I think is you found something that most golfers should actually find. 
most golfers don't know that they have a Goldilocks zone. (laughs) Not not too bad, not too good. It's just right. Just right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, first I applaud you, which might be the first to record this (laughs) session, John, um, for actually realizing that that exists. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Here I thought I coined a phrase. Very cool. (laughs) Yeah. You may have. (laughs) However, the best part about it all is the fact that you found that one exists for you. Right. So, uh, nice work. Thank you. Will that work for everybody? No. Everybody's got their own spot, right? Well, they do. Yeah, they do. But that's what I'm trying to tell them to do is go find it. Go find your best ball position, right? Where is it with the driver? It's where the thing becomes level for Mm -hmm. this, for the shot we're talking about. Yeah. Well, see, that's, and that's it. How to, how to make the adjustment from the, the normal Goldilocks zone to the, oh, I've got to hit this into the wind zone. Um, still making sure that the club face is square when you make contact. You see, it's, it's one thing when you're doing it the same and you, you know, okay, my feet go here, uh, the club goes here, the ball goes here, I swing at this speed, and bam there it goes straight down the middle, or thereabouts. Um, but then you start making adjustments, and, and all the other adjustments don't automatically follow to give you the same results. You understand what I'm saying? I do. Okay. Fix it. (laughs) (laughs) First off, it starts with finding your Goldilocks zone, as you coined the phrase. Mm -hmm. Finding your best ball position. We've had we've done numerous shows on that, right? But but for your driver, depending on what you're trying to make your ball do, and in this case, we're talking about into the wind. So we're talking about knocking down the ball flight so it doesn't get floating up too high into the wind, right? And we're talking about the reduction of spin. So we're trying to come at it as level as possible with as square a face as possible. Mm -hmm. So you find the place, again, where that club essentially gets level to the surface before it's headed left. Right? Okay. And you'll find that one spot. Boy, what a great place to put the back of the golf ball. Mm -hmm. And then your brain says, I'm going to drive the face of this club straight through the front of my golf ball. Mm-hmm. Of course, you'll have to go through the back to go th- to get to the back to get through the front, right? But you've got to drive that face and what you're doing straight through the front of the golf ball, right? And you will have mashed it, mashed it. I love that word, mashed it, mashed it. Yes, <laughs> yes. Not Frenched it, not pureed it, not sliced nope. or diced it, <laughs> mashed <Right>. it. <laughs> you will have mashed it. <laughs> Somewhat like mushed it. Mush, no. Mashed it sounds a bit more aggressive. It certainly does, and more positive. Yeah. Mushed sounds too much like mist. It does. Yeah. Kind of sounds like you hit a mushmallow. Yes. Yes. Mash. Now, there's that's a mash. Mm -hmm. Now, do these techniques translate from the driver to other clubs in the bag? Absolutely, they do. Okay. Absolutely, they do. You find your best ball position for what you're after, right? You're after a piercing trajectory, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You're yeah. after absolutely cold smoking it with as little spin as possible, right? So you'll find that spot where your cl- club just breezes the top of the grass, where it just brushes right on through there, right? 
you put the back of the golf ball there, now all of a sudden it's no longer traveling too much down mm-hmm. or too much up. Okay. It's just right, Mr. Goldilocks. There you go. All right. And you'll mash it with your irons as well. So you'll have some success in the wind if you can keep the ball below it. And that's not just by putting the ball back. This is one thing that you really need to know. Most people, they just say, oh, I got an iron shot into the wind. I just need to de-loft the club mm-hmm. to keep my ball down. Yeah. All right, people, hear me out on this one. Don't just take the same old pitching wedge and try to turn it into an eight iron <laughs> by putting the ball back in your stance. I know it might hurt your feelings some, but just pull the eight iron out. Yeah. Yeah. If you want that trajectory, use the club that you got and then learn to choke down on it so you can make a nice sweeping swing and you'll have the shot you wanted. Because what happens when you just put a ball back, when you got that pitching wedge in your hand, first off, your buddy's still not going to ask you, wow, John. That went 200 yards. Did you hit your pitching wedge? <laughs> He's still not going to ask. You might want to lie to him and tell him and pump your muscles right in front of his face, but he's still not going to care. Yeah, nor right, believe right. you. <laughs> right, nor believe you, right. Yeah. But when you do that, you put the ball so far back in your swing that you're now having the club come in too steeply. And then the, the leading edge is going to plow into the ground because it's more of an up to down swing right. and you have more down force than you do forward force. And chances are you're not going to hit the shots you wanted to hit anyway. Mm. Yeah. So if your ego matters that much, go ahead and tell the little fib anyway, hit the shot and then go, yeah, yeah, I see that. Put that baby right up there. No effort at all. Yeah. Didn't have to swing hard at all. Right? That's all the truth you need. But if you feel like you've got to say, well, yeah, I put the pitching wedge up there. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> say what you're going to say. Nobody cares. No, they don't. And if you do have that severe of an ego problem um, on a windy day, especially, you may only want to play the holes where the wind is at your back. Just saying. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> So, hey, let's That's talk about <laughs> let's talk about surprises, getting free stuff, and uh, and other topics when we come right back. We are those weekend golf guys. Hang with us. Of course, we have a Facebook page, Facebook.com/slash/golfguys. We would love it if you were to go there and like us, Facebook.com/slash/golfguys. I have two sons-in-laws and one brother-in-law, all of whom are on the gift list, all of whom are golfers, so all of them are getting lessons from Jeff Smith for Christmas. But they won't believe I actually paid for those. I want to get them something else that shows that I'm thinking about them. The other thing they have in common is they all shave. Jeff can take care of the golf. Harry can take care of the shaving. Have you ever tried Harry's? I've been using Harry's for almost a year now. And the blades from Harry's are the sharpest I have ever been able to find anywhere and foaming shave gel that 
is is included in the gift package I'm about to tell you about is some of the best stuff. I mean, these blades and that gel just make it so smooth. And they're so sharp that the blades last longer. You get many more shaves before you start getting that tugging and pulling and nicking where you go, I got to change blades. They are affordable. They're fantastic. And they last longer than anything you've ever had. You don't love it? You get a full refund. There's a 100% quality guarantee from Harry's. That's one of the things that makes it the perfect gift. He doesn't like it. You get your money back. What can I say? And this holiday season, listeners of our show can get $5 off plus free shipping on any Harry's limited edition holiday shave set when you go to harrys.com slash golf guys. Now, the set comes with a weighted handle, three razor cartridges, foaming shave gel I told you about, and a travel cover. Everything he will need for a smooth shave, all packaged in a handsome holiday gift box. So you want your $5 off plus free shipping? <laughs> you got it. Go to harrys.com slash golf guys. Do it now. I'm John Ashton in studio. He is Jeff Smith at the Golf Cave. Together we are those Weekend Golf Guys. Thanks for hanging with us. Check us out, thoseweekendgolfguys.com. Anytime you uh, miss any of the shows or you have any information you want, we've got all kinds of stuff on the website there. And you can always, if you have a question for Jeff, a, a specific, hey, I need some help, Jeff. He's got quick fixes galore. All you need to do is just send him an email and ask him, and he'll uh, get back to you. Uh, and probably use whatever uh, fix he came up with on the air also, because we figure anybody who has a problem, it's not the only person in the world with the problem. Okay. One of the things we found out uh, not too long ago is some of the, um, some of the markets that the radio show is in. Got an official listing of, of the, there's about 102 of cities that are listening to us at this very moment. And one of them, according to that list, is La Junta, Colorado. I believe you Talk still pronounce it that way, right? Because you were talking earlier about going up to Denver. Yeah. Um, and it was right. a funny thing because I saw that and I went, ooh, that name sounds familiar. Those call letters sound familiar. Why do I know that? And then I remembered that a woman who was my on-air news person slash partner for a year at the morning show here in Louisville, Kentucky, went out there and is to now La working Junta, there. Colorado? To La Junta, Colorado. How about that? Is now working there and, um, and she's uh, – uh, Ann Boswell is her name, and she's doing news. Wonderful lady. That? Well, for all of our listeners it? out in La Junta, Colorado, yeah. I'm coming your way in a week. Yeah, and if you got a problem, just just stand out. What interstate you go by La Junta on? You have any going, idea? You know, I'm not sure where exactly where La Junta is. Me too. But <laughs> we're we're uh, we're gonna be loading up the we're gonna be loading up the sticks next week. Drew and I are going to be heading to a little uh, little golf excursion. We chose to go to Colorado because it's a really cool place to be. And because it's high and the air is thinner and talk about your ego problems. Yeah. <laughs> I think my ball is going to go a little further than I'm used to. It's one place, <laughs> the only place you've played golf where you can get a 350-yard drive without being downhill yep. with an 80-mile-an-hour wind behind you, you know? I so, think we're going to have a lot of fun. It, it sounds it. It sounds it. So uh, anyhow, um, also want you to uh, follow along with us at facebook.com slash golf guys. You can go there and listen to uh, some of the uh, instruction uh, lives that Jeff has done in the past and about to do some more in the future. And if you follow the pages there, you will be alerted whenever Jeff goes live 
from a, a golf course or the golf cave or whatever, do a Facebook live training session for 30 or 45 minutes. It's always nice. And, and if you are in, uh, you know, anywhere between Indiana and Colorado, if you just stand out on the road with a, you know, cardboard sign that says, Jeff, I need help. You know, he'll probably make pull. sure you take a picture of it. Yeah. Upload it <laughs> to our Facebook page. That's right. And I'll find you. That's right. <laughs> and if he sees it, you know, while he's driving by, he'll pull over. And, you know, right there on the shoulder of the highway, have a little quick lesson. Um, you know, to be honest with you, I did give a golf lesson at a rest stop um, really? right on the Kentucky-Tennessee border. Uh-huh. Okay. I was, I was buzzing down I-75 uh-huh. from Lexington down to Knoxville. And here I am, and I'm, I, got a, I got my PJ logo shirt on. And, and I'm in there with a guy and he looks over and sees it. And he goes, you know, I get this terrible slice. <laughs> and I said, you know, give me a few minutes and I'll work with you. <laughs> Grin, you know, so here we are. He's got clubs in his car, right? Uh-huh. He doesn't want to hit his golf ball. So we dug up, we walked around the, the area there and we found a bunch of acorns. Okay. And so he's hitting acorns and I'm giving him a golf lesson and it, it worked out beautifully. <laughs> I had a few things, I had a few things with me that I always take with me and showed him a couple of these, those and M's about what this guy had to do. Right. He understood it. Very he cool. went, he was going down to Knoxville and he played at this, uh, this great golf course down there. I think it's called dead horse Lake golf course. Okay. And he went down there and played. And he sent me a text the next day, right after he got off that golf course, and said, "I am amazed. That's the best round of golf I've had in months." <laughs> he said that ball did exactly what those acorns were doing. <laughs> so hey, if I'm on the road someplace, flag me down. It could happen. You, know, you just never know. You know that's that's why the same reason why doctors don't wear their scrubs when they leave work. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. You know, hey, Doc, it hurts right. when I do this. <laughs> well, don't do that. Call me later. Here's a bill for twenty five dollars. Yeah. Oh, of man. course, that is cool. This was on a trip. I wasn't by myself on this trip, so my wife and two children that were with me at the time, uh-huh. they of course got to watch what they usually watch. <laughs> is all of a sudden somebody flags their dad down. Next thing you know, he's making fifty bucks on this side of the road. <laughs> Right. All right. Okay. So uh, when I said flag him down, I was being facetious, but obviously that's one of the techniques that works with Jeff. So, you know, feel yeah. free. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh man, that is absolutely great. But see, this is, this is how yep. approachable Mr. Jeff Smith is. You know, a lot of the guys who are the best in the world at what they do, get a little snooty and uppity about it. And, you know, you want a lesson from them, you call their people and maybe they'll arrange something. But not Jeff. No, sir. You want no. a lesson from Jeff Smith? My buddy's right there for you. You know? Yeah. Anytime. Right. You, you got a $50 bill in one twenty minutes of my time? <laughs> you got it, brother. That's it. Money talks. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> yeah. like, you know what that $50 bill is? That right there. That 20 minutes. You know what that is? That's a steak dinner, that, baby. <laughs> or if you got the wife and the kid, it's, it's lunch. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> the three of us. Yeah. Right? Lunch at McDonald's for four people. But that's yeah. <laughs> that's the way it goes. Uh, listen, there's, there's an awful lot of uh, backlog of teaching that Jeff has also at $5golfclub.com. You may want to check that out. 
Uh, very self-expressive. $5 a month is what it costs to join. And you've got uh, unlimited access to all of the videos that are there. Jeff's got some really great things. And I tell you, the one... I know I've, I've said this so many times, but I'm going to tell you again. Now, we've just gone through a few minutes here already this morning of being able to tell you how to drive the ball more effectively into the wind. Hope you were paying attention. If not, go back and listen to it again, because it's going to be the same advice over and over. It's the right way to do it. One of the things that he has, the basically, okay, maybe I coined the phrase Goldilocks zone for the perfect placement of the ball. One of the phrases he coined was hinge and thump. And he coined it to explain how to hit a shot with a wedge for a specific result. All right. We want a high trajectory, Mm -hmm. a soft landing, Mm -hmm. a little bit of spin. Yep. I bring you the hinge and thump. And it is a thing of beauty. It works in the bunker. It does. It works in the thick rough. It, it works does. off the fairway. It does. You're like, wait a minute. The same shot can do can do all three of those different lines? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yes, sir. And all you have to do is, and, and ex- excuse me for using this, I'm sure you will forgive my use of, of, of the P word here, but if you practice just a little bit, someday I'm going to do it. Wow. But at least I can, wow. you know. Um, I can uh, counsel you to. However, I think that's like the second time that I've actually heard you suggest that practice actually makes people better. Oh, yeah. It, yeah oh. I'm sure it does. Um, and I, like I say, I'm going to try it someday. Someday soon, maybe. I'm not sure. But um, one of the things that this does, and, you know, Jeff explained, you get, you know, you get a, a high loft, a little bit of spin. You land softly, you roll a little bit. I was in a pot bunker at um, Ch- oh, Chariot Run, the uh, mm-hmm. the golf course for Horseshoe Casino here in Indiana. And the pot bunker was one of those where I really couldn't see anything but the top of the flag. Couldn't see the surface of the green at all. It was that deep. I mean, they had stairs that looked more like a stepladder going down into the bunker. All right. That's how deep it was. Mm-hmm. I took my lob wedge. And I did the hinge and thump. I practiced, you know, a couple of practice shots without touching or molesting the sand in any way. Um, Mm -hmm. Took the proper stance and the proper wrist action, hit it and put it. I think it ended up, it was two inches they measured from the pin when the ball was stopped. (laughs) And What a gorgeous thought that is. I was playing with... Let's, let's play with three guys. And when I finally climbed out of the bunker, they were just all looking at me with their mouths agape going, did you really do that? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yes, I really you know did what? that. You know what? Speaking of pot bunkers. Yeah. Just earlier this week, while you were on vacation, mm-hmm. I decided I'm going to take a day and I'm going to go play golf at one of the top 100 golf courses one of the Golf Digest top 100 golf courses that you can play mm-hmm. as a public golf course golfer. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. We went, I took my son, Drew, and we went to the Brickyard. Ooh. As in Brickyard Crossing Golf Course, mm-hmm. right there, 18 holes, four of them inside of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway track. Right. 14 of them out. Yeah. First 
First shot of the day, driver. Second shot of the day, Drew gets it into the pot bunker. But they have pot bunkers there that are stacked sod, kind of like you are when you're over there in Ireland and Scotland. Right. Okay. Stacked sod pot bunkers. He's in it. He's got about 20 yards. He's got about two feet before this wall of of uh, of the bunker wall with the stacked sod bunkers. And he decides to pull out the hinge and thump because he knows exactly what he's going to get. Mm-hmm. I have not seen very many first hole birdies like that one before. <laughs> hinge, thump. 20 yards away, he was just a couple feet from a, a bunker wall that was at least as high as his chest. Mm-hmm. And his next shot was off the second tee because he didn't have to hit it again. Whoa. Dunker, dunkaroo, baby. Whoa, buddy. Yeah. You know, that was one really good birdie. Definitely. And, and as you have said, you can't birdie them all unless you birdie the first oh. one. So, and of go. course, <laughs> he decided that that was a good thing to say. Of course. Because that's because that's our law in our family. That's right. That's you birdie the first hole. You've got to say, hey, boys, can't birdie them all till you birdie the first one. There you go. That's... But you got to sound like you're having fun with it. The Smith... Otherwise, you just come off looking like a jerk. <laughs> Smith family motto, man. There you go. That's right. You got that right. That's right. You got that so right. He knows. Yep. The, and the difference so the too is that can do a lot of things for you. It can, and, and you know, depending on how close or how far away you are to where you need the ball to go, all you need to do is just change the club you use, right? Yeah, you use the same technique, right. but whether you want to use the you know the sixty degree, fifty six, you know, pitching wedge, does it yep. work with with high lofted clubs that are not wedges? Yeah, like a nine iron. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Okay. Sure. Okay. Just checking. Yep. Ball, ball pops up into the air pretty nicely. Goes a little farther with the nine, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then rolls a little bit when it gets there. Right. But it's pretty much the same thing with different lofts. Yeah. But yeah. And that is just one of the um, one of the videos available at five dollargolfclub.com. Hinge and thump. Mm-hmm. And man, it I think is. we got one in there about finding your best ball position too. I think we've mentioned that a little bit during the show already. Yes, we have. Yes, we have. Yeah, the Goldilocks zone is uh, about that one. Yep, mm-hmm. got that in there and uh, uh, tips on on everything really, uh, even even um, uh, hybrids, which a lot of people get confused because they don't know if they should approach a hybrid as a, a fairway wood or as an iron or if it's something exclusive unto itself in the way that you approach things. So. Uh, Jeff explains it all at $5golfclub.com. We got a little time left together. We'll be right back. Don't you move. Of course, we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash golf guys. We would love it if you were to go there and like us, facebook.com slash golf guys. If I started talking to you about words like flavonoids, cannabinoids, terpenes, trichomes, your eyes would glaze over and you'd get all stressed because, oh no, it's like being in school. I don't know what he's talking about. So let's just replace all of that with one word that you need to know. It's NED, NED, N-E-D. It is USDA certified organic full spectrum hemp oil extracted from USDA certified organic hemp plants grown by an independent farmer named Jonathan out in Peonia, Colorado. 
Now, these products are science-backed. They're nature-based solutions that offer an alternative to prescription and over-the-counter drugs. I use it for de-stressing, and the holidays are a pretty stressful time. So now, those Weekend Golf Guys listeners get 20% off Ned products using the code GOLFGUYS. When you spend more than 150 bucks, Ned's throwing in free gifts with every order. So visit helloned.com slash golfguys to get access. That is H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D dot com slash golfguys. Free gifts with orders over 150 bucks. And we're back. Thanks for hanging with us. And uh, I'm John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith. We are those weekend golf guys. Those weekendgolfguys.com. You can go there. Facebook.com slash golf guys. You can go there. And if you're one of those Twitterer, Twitterer, twit, if you tweet a lot, uh, yeah, I'm, can, not a, I'm not a tweeter. I'm not a big Twitterer. tweeter. No, but, uh, but we like listening to what you, you guys say. So uh, follow us at WKND Golf Guys. We'll follow you back and then we'll listen and uh, respond whenever you say anything that moves us. Hey, man, one of the great things happens when you get back from vacation is you go and you pick up your mail and you've got like <laughs> 10 days worth of mail. And it's I usually have, a bunch of bills. It, well, yeah, bills, <laughs> bills and, and junk mail. I, I threw all those onto the table to deal with later. But I had a couple of packages. There was, man, there was this thing on, on Facebook. You know, it said, register here to win a free driver. And I went, yeah, okay, I'm going to check this out and see what happens. Well, I got a phone call before I went on vacation from the guys that said, uh, you didn't win the driver, but we did say that we would send you a sleeve of Titleist golf balls uh, just for entering. So what's your address? And I gave him my address. So I just opened up a sleeve of brand new Pro V1s when I come home. Wow. And we have a, a new client for the show coming up in a little bit called Bombus, which oh, is yeah. the sock company where you buy a uh-huh. pair, they give a pair. And they sent me some. And, man, I am just going to like – I think I'm going to wear these forever. Just kind of put them on and walk around the house in them. And, you know, I may not go outside ever again if, if I can't wear my socks. Um, they're absolutely great. But also got um, a year's subscription. Somebody subscribing, and I don't know who, to Golf Digest. And I'm going, maybe it was the Bomba Suck people. Maybe it was. <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow. Maybe maybe they're all about your golf game. Send in your <laughs> box of Titleist balls. Yeah. Maybe they golf for free. Yeah. I said, wait a minute. You got comfortable socks, so you're going to play a lot more. You got Pro V1, so you're going to p- play better. Maybe we should send you something where you can learn how to hit those balls. <laughs> uh, it's good to be back home. Didn't get to play any golf when I was in New England, but I did a whole lot of swimming. Ate a whole lot of lobster. Actually, I didn't eat as much lobster as you would imagine because I'm not a big lobster fan, but haddock. Because you cannot get fresh haddock anywhere outside New England. I don't care where you are. No, don't. No, no argument here. I'm right. You're wrong. You cannot get good haddock outside of New England. Haddock? I'm not sure if I've ever had haddock. You got a haddock? What do you take for a haddock? That's an old crouch on That's what I miss being a thousand miles from the closest ocean. But that's okay. We're close to golf courses now, and we're going to go out and we're going to play some more. And if you're going to play some more, listen to Jeff. Get a few tips on how to play better. Pick up your clubs and go out and play some golf.